0: The dominoes continue to fall for the Red Sox going into the 2023 offseason.
1: You are Locked On Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: I want to welcome you back into a Lockdown Red Sox podcast. And thank you so much for making Lockdown Red Sox your first listen of every single day. I am your host, Massachusetts Pirates Team Insider, JK Zuski. And here, as always, with my co host, Ness is Lauren Willand. And Lauren, you, you sort of prefaced this episode in yesterday's episode, talking about, you know, Xander Bogart's opted out of his deal. So what's next? But luckily, we got to see some of the dominoes start to fall, some answers coming for some of the questions that we saw for the Red Sox going into this offseason. You mentioned you know, James Paxton ended up declining uh, his or the the Red Sox ended up declining James Paxton's two-year $26 million option. Sort of a weird deal when it happened uh, last offseason for the Red Sox. Paxton didn't end up pitching at all for the team, ended up trying to come back. It was sort of a storyline throughout the year that we brought up. Sort of like where's James Paxton? You know, is how's his recovery? Uh but I'm curious to see sort of what happens in the coming days with his player option and four million dollars that you know the Red Sox could essentially have him for next year for.
1: Yeah. And by the time people are listening to this episode, Paxton's only gonna have about 24 hours to decide whether he wants to pick up that player option or decline it. And I, it's no surprise that the Red Sox declined their part of the option. It was just a no-brainer. But for Paxton, I feel like this $4 million option is a no-brainer for him because he didn't pitch at all last year, and it wasn't just the Tommy John. Then he had that lat injury that set him back, and he just always, always felt like he was facing setbacks, which is to be expected with the Tommy John surgery. That's a really tough surgery. It's elbow fatigue. Maybe you just need a little bit of extra rest. But – to not pitch at all, not even due to that surgery, but due to a completely different injury, I think will keep teams away because he's not what he once was. He has been riddled by injury for the last few years and we'll always have that great memory of the bald Eagle landing on him on opening day and him just <laughs> staying very, very calm. But I think it'd be smart for Paxson to pick it up. Ideally it'd be nice for him to decline it. So they get that $4 million and just can kind of, not worry about paying him and can put that money towards somebody like Bogarts or Devers or some for God forsaken bullpen help but it's I'm just bummed it didn't work out with Paxton last year that he couldn't pitch but I if I'm him and it's easy for me to say it's four million dollars I'll probably never see that kind of money in my lifetime I would pick it up because then you just have that guarantee that you have a team even if he faces more setbacks he has that team to fall back on and that four million dollars
0: and the one thing that I think about with with the $4 million deal is, you know, sort of like a Rich Hill or a Michael Walker deal, you, you know, it's, it's sort of a prove it deal. And, I feel like especially with him signing for 10 million dollars uh, w- with the multiple options that he had and the incentives that he had within that contract it made sense for him at the time last offseason but essentially with you know not only the Red Sox but other teams that are looking to sign him they don't really know what version of James Paxton they're really going to get and Bloom sort of mentioned it. He said with, with what he showed us, recognizing he hasn't pitched at a high level in a while, he gave us a lot of reason to want to see this through and want to see him finish this out in our uniform. And so very curious to see sort of which way he does go with that. I'm a fan of him, you know, coming back with the team for $4 million. We saw how important depth was for this team throughout the stretch of the season with all the injuries that came up. And, uh, you know, I, I sort of look at him as, you know, what we thought rich hill was going to be at the start of the season sort of you know that long reliever in the bullpen uh a fist starter if, if a guy gets injured i think especially with paxton coming back from tommy john surgery and also the multiple setbacks that he had at the end of the season i, I don't think that you want to rush him to get back to that full starter sort of situation but Sort of with with what we've seen in in his career, at least with recent time of him being on the field, um, I'd be very intrigued to you know see it out and and be able to see what James Paxton could really give to the Red Sox in the Boston uniform.
1: Yeah, I'm intrigued by him too, mainly because the Red Sox obviously saw something in him during when he when he couldn't even pitch. And yes, we we have seen Paxton, we've seen him be a very strong pitcher and a very reliable pitcher, but we've also seen him struggle and we've seen him not be able to not not overcome his injuries but just be riddled by these injuries so I'm I'm cautiously optimistic I don't know if that's really the proper term I think I'm more cautious than optimistic when it comes to Paxton but I do you know like I said I do think it's in his best interest to pick up that four million dollar option and well I wouldn't be surprised if we know before the Thursday deadline I think that it, it, it just, in my head, I keep saying it's a no-brainer. Like, I just feel like that it has to be for him, but I'm not in his shoes. Maybe he knows of other teams that will sign him for a little bit more, or I don't know. Does he walk away from the game? Probably not, but that that could also be an option. But I just think at the end of the day, he will pick up that option, and I'll, I'll give him a chance. We didn't get to see him pitch last year, so it'd be wrong of me to just write him off. So I will give him the chance, but I just with how much help this team needs, I don't know if he's going to be somebody who can provide that help. But like you said, we saw how important depth was because there wasn't a lot of depth last year to rely on. So if we can at least rely on him, even if it's for one or two innings out of the bullpen, okay, I will take it.
0: And uh, this this period of the off season is always interesting. It always sets the tone right before free agency starts. We saw last season JD Martinez opting into his deal was one in my opinion one of the biggest reasons why the Red Sox didn't fully go towards Kyle Schwarber. And you know, a lot of these decisions really determine how the team is really going to allocate the money that they have coming off of the books. You know, uh, Christopher Smith reported that they have, you know, $120 million coming off the books, depending on how much they give Xander Bogarts and Rafael Devers in, in those deals. We'll see. But, you know, another domino fell in Eric Hosmer, opting into his three-year, $39 million deal, according to John Heyman. And luckily for the Red Sox, it's sort of with how Bloom maneuvered the deal with the Padres, they only got to pay him the minimum salary of $720,000. And uh, especially with, uh, you know, all the money that the Red Sox do have coming off the books, that definitely helps out that it doesn't go against what they're able to spend on the open market. But I was, a, I was a, sort of what you said. I was optimistic about this. It wasn't something when I saw the report, I was super excited of, of, of him coming back, but he's somebody in my mind, you look at, What he's able to do on the field now, it's not what we saw him do in his early time with the Padres and obviously with his success with the Royals. But in my mind, he's a guy who Alex Cora said brought a presence to this clubhouse. And you can't put a price tag on that whatsoever. And especially if, you know, he's able to help Tristan Cassis mentor him sort of like he did throughout high school and now in the majors, I'm all for it.
1: I'm so Oh, I'm just going to preface this by saying that I'm I'm not surprised about Hosmer opting into his deal. I think three years, 39 million with the Red Sox only paying the league minimum. And even if he opted out, he's definitely not getting that kind of money somewhere else on the open market. That's just due to his age and just the, the, nobody wants or nobody needs, I should say an, an aging first baseman. And that's not a shot at him. That's just all of us getting older, but I don't think the mentor thing has, like, I just think it's a tired narrative. I think it's great. He can help him. But like anyone, any veteran in that clubhouse can be a mentor to to Casas. And I think they should be because he's, if they really truly believe in his future, then it should be everyone in that clubhouse trying to mentor him and give him any advice. Yes. Hosmer can play first base. Obviously he's won gold gloves at first base and that's not taking away anything that he's done. I just think that the mentor thing is just something that people like to say because they're like, Oh look, they, they had a relationship before the Red Sox. That's awesome. Good. It's not going to do anything for me wanting him back here. Like, I I hope he can have a productive season, but it also makes you wonder, are the Red Sox going to carry two left-handed um, first basemen? Will they platoon them? Is that going to kind of hinder their options? They need a designated hitter. I'm assuming they're not going to bring back JD Martinez. So there's a lot of, question marks surrounding kind of Hosmer's role when it comes to the Red Sox. Will he be the platoon first baseman? Will he be a DH? Will he accept just a DH role? I I, I don't know, but we talked, I think we exhausted ourselves talking about first base and the headache it caused us for most of last season. Like it was, if obviously Costas had that ankle injury, that high ankle sprain, he couldn't get here fast enough. He was here as soon as he could be. So I'm excited to see him with a full spring training. Hopefully this knee injury that he's dealing with now does not hinder him in any way, shape, or form. But we do know, which is a nice insurance and a nice cushion, that Eric Hosmer is there. Should Casas need some time off? Should he be injured? Or should he just, they just want to platoon them? Because maybe they're both going to do well. So... I, it, like much like I think Paxton was a no brainer or should be a no brainer. I think Hosmer opting in also is a no brainer. I just think it puts the Red Sox in a tougher spot when it comes to kind of wanting to figure out the lineup. Maybe not, maybe not. Maybe Haim has something up his sleeve. Maybe Cora knows how to configure this lineup, but I, I I'm not mad about it. I'm glad that he is, he is back. He provided immediate defensive upgrade to first base, but I also think too, if they are going to go with these two guys here, what does that mean for Dahlbeck? What are they going to trade him? Are they, is he just going to be the next Ruzney Castillo, not as expensive, but just bury him in AAA? So, it's while this position is certainly figured out at least for the future, very curious to see how the the, the rest of the first base dominoes fall. Not even with the Red Sox roster, just just first base.
0: And, you know, they, they do also have the option to trade him. Now, he does have the full no trade clause. Yep. So if, if they did have a deal in place, he'd, he'd have to okay it if, if they went that route. And, you know, he's, he's nowhere close to what we saw him be at his prime end of finishing the season uh, with, with a 277 batting average, eight home runs, 44 RBIs. And with the Red Sox, he only played uh, 16 games and uh, got 11 hits over 45 up at bats with four RBIs. But I'm very curious with not only the Paxton situation, but with the Hosmer situation, if they try to trade him, you know, that they did bring up sort of, you know, prior to Paxton, uh, you know, his option being declined. I'm curious if he does pick up his player option, if the Sox try to, you know, Find a way to, you know, package them up with, with different young guys here or there to, to see what sort of value they can get out of them. Because uh, you know, with both of these guys, there's a lot of question marks and sort of what you're going to get from them. The one thing with Eric Hosmer that I thought into my mind, and you know, it's it's not a, a, a huge thing that he will bring to the team, but it is something. He does have championship experience. There isn't tons of guys on this team that have championship experience. You know, obviously you got Xander Bogard. you got uh Chris Sale, you. Rafael Devers was obviously a part of that twenty eighteen team. But when you're able to have that veteran presence in a team who who understands how to win, uh, that definitely helps. definitely helps out the clubhouse. that that that's just one positive component that I thought about that I wanted to bring up. Now, does it mean that you know Eric Cosmer opting into his deal automatically makes the Red Sox World Series contenders? No, as we've mentioned throughout you know this early off season, there's a lot that they need to do. And you know if you're watching the video version, I'm wearing this world series hat, just trying to manifest something. We, we, every Red Sox fan in Red Sox nation wants the team to get back there, but they need to be able to, uh, find creative ways, whether it's maneuvering some of these pieces, finding ways to really upgrade the team. And you can't bring back everybody from the 2022 team and expect this team to be able to win. But, uh, especially with everything going on with the Xander Bogards conversation, uh, we heard some things come out about you know the Sox starting to explore some second base options but we're going to talk about that in our second segment before we do that i want to talk to you about simply safe so if you've thought about securing your home with home security but you haven't been able to pull it off you want to listen up right now locked on red sox listeners can order the number one rated simply safe home security system for 50% off this is the biggest offer of the year and you won't want to miss it here's why i love it do you know that over the holidays, property crimes like burglaries and package thieves spike nationally? That's why our friends at Simply Safe Home Security are offering 50% off their award winning security system so that more families can feel safe and secure this holiday season. So, order your Simply Safe system for half off today and enjoy advanced security and the greater peace of mind this holiday season. And I don't know about you. I'm somebody who, especially with different presents, I want to make sure that the people that I order for are able to get it. And whether it's, you know, my house, the belongings in my house, I want to make sure that everything is safe. So Simply Safe is the perfect way to make sure whether it's an emergency or you just want to be able to stay safe and peace of mind to be able to Have that peace of mind. They have 24 7 professional monitoring service costs, less than $1 a day. Less than half the price of any ADT's traditional professionally installed system. And so don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system I recommend. Get 50% off of any new Simply Safe system at slash locked on MLB today. This is the biggest discount of the year. So don't wait. That's simplysafecom locked on MLB. There's no safe like Simply Safe. And to be able for the Red Sox to feel safe, at the second base or shortstop position they're doing everything that they can to make sure that they have what you were preaching for in yesterday's episode lauren a plan b if xander bogarts walks and i i i sort of echoed what you mentioned in yesterday's episode i can't believe it, it you know it finally happened and that that he's finally a free agent i finally probably isn't the right word but and now the Red Sox have to start looking for what is next. And, uh, you know, especially with, you know, reporter Mark Feinzen reporting that the Red Sox are exploring these different second base options and, you know, making these different calls. And then also came out behind Bloom mentioned that some of these uh, reports are a little bit overblown. We wanted to sort of look at what. Second base options might be good if the possibility of Xander Bogard's walking actually does end up happening. And here's something, especially when I was looking, we've seen Heimblum more and more again, go back to his roots. Going back to what has worked with the Rays, guys he saw work with the Rays, we saw Christian Arroyo, Michael Waka, Rich Hill, and I put, sort of put that into uh, sort of these options or, or the ideas of, of people that we might see uh, the Red Sox target and then some other, other people is mixed as well. But you know, the first person that you know was somebody that I really wanted the Red Sox honestly to go out and, and target before he ended up getting traded to the Marlins was Joey Wendell.
1: Yeah, that's an interesting one because the there is that the high and bloom connection. So there is that, but you look at his numbers; they're they're not bad, obviously. But you wonder if if high and bloom will want to go back to his roots, if he'll want to maybe sign somebody he's or trade for somebody that he's worked with before. When there's when there's so much unknown. When and I knew I know I said that you need a plan B. You 100 percent need that plan B if Xander Bogart signs elsewhere. But I don't I don't think I don't think Joey Joey Wendell is the person I'd go after if that was in fact the option they had to go. There's so many people out there or second basemen out there that could make sense for the Red Sox, where I think that there's just better options than Joey Wendell, but he had 11 home runs with the Rays and 28 stolen bases or 28 walks. Oh, my God. it is. It feels like a Monday. We talked before we got on to record that it feels like a Monday. But yes. so he's got – you see the plate patience there by drawing walks. That's obviously a plus. But obviously we don't want the plan B to happen, but these are just things we have to think about. If Bogarts does indeed leave in free agency, I, I like Joey Wendell. I think he's a fine option. I would love – uh, Ketel Marte. I know he's got a very big contract. It's like 15.2 million. It's a big hit. And it's a lot to spend on somebody who signed through 2028. I think it is. Or um, at the end of his contract. So there was a dip in his production last or 2022. So last, last season and his batting average did plummet and his strikeout rate was a little bit higher even though it still was better than most batters out there it was still elevated from last year and he's not going to give you a gold glove he's probably not going to contend for gold gloves but he's going to consistently hit the ball he's going to give you production at the plate and he's he's going to give you what you need at second base it's just that 15.2 million cap cap hit whatever <laughs> yearly salary and though I think would keep the Red Sox and High and Bloom away, which you look, kind of look at Joey Wendell, like you definitely could probably get him a little bit cheaper than $15.2 million, But I've always liked this guy. I've always been, I'm not going to say like a big fan, but I've always just really liked him as a person and as a player. I'd love him to be on the Red Sox if Xander Bogarts doesn't come back. If Xander Bogarts comes back, obviously, then this, this conversation will be – not not have to happen. We can just delete this part of the episode of Xander Bogarts <laughs> resigns. But I I like Marte. Maybe it's just because he's with the the Diamondbacks. I don't know. But I I would like him in a in a, in a not a perfect world because if he's here, if Bogarts leaves. So in a in a plan B perfect world, I would have Marte.
0: And I, I think, especially with the regression that we saw from Marte, the Red Sox would definitely be able to get him much cheaper than they would have if they tried to get him last season instead of Trevor Story per se. And I, I can tell you from experience, I, I had Marte on my fantasy team this past season. He, he was my first draft pick. It did not work out ultimately in my favor. But I, I think I think he would he would be a, a perfect. Plan B for the Red Sox. And, you know, they they would have to sort of dip into that prospect pool that Heimblum has built over the past few years. But he has mentioned that he is open to trading some of the young talent that they've built up in that farm system to be able to get immediate, uh, you know, replacement at whatever position. And, you know, an, another person where, especially if Bogards does leave and Trevor Story moves over to shortstop, somebody that I thought would be interesting is a guy like, Brendan Rodgers, a, f- a former th- number three pick, uh, in, in, the draft a few years ago. He, he's somebody who, uh, even though he struggled when he first broke into the league has really come into his own and story and him already have sort of that dynamic at second base and shortstop. They, they already got the double play down and, uh, Brendan Rodgers is still very young. Now, you really look at that and sort of the value that he holds at the moment, especially with the Rockies having a lot of stock in him and him being a very high draft pick, You know, has really been able to develop into a really good second baseman. We saw this season batting 266, 13 home runs, 63 RBIs. But the Rockies are a team where you never know what they're going to do. You know, at the moment, are they rebuilding? Are they trying to contend? I don't know. So, you know, they're front office where you never really know sort of what they're going to do. I, I wouldn't really see them wanting to give up Rodgers, but he's definitely somebody that I could see Heim Bloom trying to go after as a young second baseman who is on the come up and has a lot of potential to continue to get better.
1: Yeah, and for me, it's do the Red Sox if they have to take a chance on someone who could potentially get better? Do they want someone who's proven? Do they want someone who not that they don't really want to take a chance on? They want to know what they're getting in their second baseman. They want to know, they want to get a a proven player, whether that's a younger person, whether that's an established or a multi-year vet. I think that they're not in a position to want to kind of hope and see and just kind of pray that it works out and that it's a oh he's kind of good there's definitely potential let's take the chance on him i don't think they're in a position to really do that especially if this person's coming in because bogart's left because high and bloom promised kike hernandez that this team would be better in 2023 and getting people who maybe good, maybe not does not make this team better. You really need to make sure this free agency goes in favor of the Red Sox and the Red Sox fans. And yes, there's definitely potential there. And I hope he has a a wonderful MLB career. I just hope that the Red Sox are smart. And if they do need to go this route to not get somebody to, to get somebody who is, they know is established at second base, like a Trevor story kind of, when you know what you're getting with him. So Said, hope the best for him, but I hope it doesn't come at the expense of the Red Sox. I just don't know what, what fans will do if they have a very unknown infield when 2023 begins.
0: Yeah. It- the, the whole city of Boston will, will, will probably boycott and, you know, it'll would, it would definitely be a tough uh, spring training for the Red Sox and Haim Bloom. But uh, the, the two other guys that I thought of, interestingly enough, uh, both have ties to the Rays. And, you know, I've said this multiple times, I hope Bloom widens his net and, and doesn't continue to go back to guys who were on the Rays. But uh, Luis Renjifro, uh he ended up, being acquired from the Angels. He was current. He, he was uh the second baseman for the Anaheim Angels. Uh f- he got uh traded over there uh in the CJ Crone trade, but he ended up batting 264, 17 home runs and 52 RBIs. And then we saw uh Brandon Lowe as well, was another guy that I thought of. He ended up having a great 2021 season, ended up hitting 40 bombs, kind of came out of nowhere. He was a guy who hit like 10 to 15 prior in his career and then ended up getting sidelined for a good amount of the 2022 season uh, due to back inflammation. But as we said throughout this episode, hopefully the Red Sox don't have to go towards this plan B, but it was interesting to sort of, you know, see what options they might have out there. You know, I, I looking at sort of the list of second basemen. I tried to be realistic. You know, I looked at a guy like Jeff McNeil, that'd be great. But are the Red Sox going to go out and get the guy who just won the batting title uh, from no. a team who, in a win now, New York Mets, who just gave $105 million, $102 million to Edwin Diaz? But uh, hopefully, we continue to see some of these dominoes uh, of the Red Sox offseason continue to fall as we get answers for how. The Red Sox are going to build this team for 2023 to make it a contender and bounce back after a rough 2022 season. But we're going to continue to bring you uh, everything that you need to know about this team, everything and all the updates that are happening surrounding the Boston Red Sox throughout this offseason. And we really appreciate everybody tuning into the Locked On Red Sox podcast as always and for supporting us each and every single episode. We really do appreciate it. And uh, also make your second listen, uh, Locked On Sports Today, from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, youtube and wherever you get your podcasts and also let us know if, if there's any topics or anything that you guys want us to delve into over on twitter you can follow us over there at lo underscore red Sox. also follow myself over there at jake Iggy and also lauren it's la 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 three laws lauren with four r's but as always we're going to continue to bring you everything that you need to know surrounding the boston red Sox, and we can't wait to continue to see what happens during this offseason. Let's get this team back to a winner. I'm ready to get excited. I'm ready to watch baseball in October. So let's get ready and let's continue to say, let's go Sox. Peace.